Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Colin Squires. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to run really fast for something? Maybe anyone, and we've been missing the bus, and you're like, no, wait, 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 we're running down the street. Yeah, yeah. Anyone been late for school or work? Been, yeah. Yeah, anyone ever, this is me, you hear the ice cream van tinkling, and you're like, throw everything, whatever you're doing down, boom, out the front door. Your kids are probably wandering out into the street. You know, I don't care. You just run as fast as you can to get the ice cream before he, he leaves. Anyone else, was that just me? Just, that's, that's just me. I have a problem. <laughs> Love the ice cream. Well, today, in the story that we're looking at, we're going to see lots of people doing lots of running. That's right, lots of running. But it is running for a good reason, not just an ice cream. You see, there are rumors around that Jesus has risen. There are rumors that his body is not in the tomb where it was left. Now, before we jump into the story, we need to do a quick recap. Now, who has had one of these? Give me a hands up. Who's seen one of these? Maybe you had one for a family, you've given one away. Aren't these amazing? We just say thank you to the guys who all the hard work that went to this. This is awesome. Now, we're going to use this to recap a bit of the Easter story. So I'm going to go page by page. Let's see if we can remember. Anyone over here, what happened first? Can you see from the picture? Um, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and people were waving palm leaves, shouting, shouting Hosea. Wow, I mean, it keeps going. It keeps going. I was just expecting Jesus came to Jerusalem. That was fantastic. Let's see if we go around here. What happened next in the story? Um, but Jesus did wipe the, um, their feet. He did. Very good. And that was when they had the Last Supper. Anyone ever see the next page? Let's see what happened. Anyone over? And do you know what happened? Can I just remind you? Can you remember? Mom, can you remember? Not read her Bible in a while. Let's see. <laughs> Anyone over here? Gary, you look at the picture. Can you remember what was Jesus doing? Praying. Where? In the garden. Yes, very good. Fantastic. Let's see. Um, at the moment, Ava, like, you're winning. Um, over here, then what happened next? What's that? Use your glasses on. <laughs> Anyone? On trial uh, in front of Pontius Pilate. Yes, very good, Pilate. And then um, maybe some of the parents need to take one of these next year. <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. Uh, and then what happened next, Matt? Uh, he got uh, sent to the cross and everyone was crying. Very good. And then, Dan, do you know, what's that a picture of? Uh, that is a boulder and a tomb. Yes, he got the word tomb. Very good. Well done. That was such a good quick recap, everyone. Thank you so much for your participation. Um, so we know what happened. Jesus went to the cross. He came into Jerusalem. Everyone was like, yeah, this is fantastic. He had the last supper with his disciples. And then it all kind of went downhill pretty quick. He was led to the cross. We're going to talk about why and what happened and what did Jesus do on the cross. But we end up with the story. He was, he was nailed to the cross and he was killed. But it didn't end there. He was buried in the tomb, and this is where we pick up our story. We're now picking up a bit of a story that wasn't in this magazine, and it's in John chapter 20. Anyone got your Bibles this morning? 
Now we're going to read John chapter 20. And for those of you who are thinking, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have to take part in that game. Don't worry. The participation section is not over. <laughs> it starts like this. Here's John chapter 20. So remember, the tomb, Jesus' body is in the tomb. And it says this. Very early on the Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and discovered that the stone that had covered the entrance had been removed. She ran to find Peter and the disciple who Jesus loved, who was called John, who was the writer of this book, and she told them. Now, I've often thought to myself, what was that like to be in Mary's mindset right then? And I think we need to sort of contextualize this. We need to place ourselves in the story. So do you want to jump to your feet again? If you can jump to your feet, that's if you can just stand up with me. And we're thinking, okay, so Mary's like, I need to go and tell John and Peter. So she sort of cinches up her, her dress a bit. She rolls up her sleeves and she gets ready to run. So come on, everyone, let's get a bit of running. I think we need some running music. We need some focus music. There we go. She's running. Okay, we're in the mindset of Mary. She needs to go and tell the disciples. So what does she do? She opens the gate. She's through the fields. Well, how do you run through fields, everyone? Like this, of course. Everyone, no, run through the fields. There's beautiful wildflowers. That's it. Okay, she runs through the fields. And then, oh no, she has to sneak past the sleeping donkey. She squelches through the mud. Come on, I need more squelching, everyone. Come on, more squelching. Yeah, there we go. Then she jumps over the stream. One, two, three, jump. Fantastic. And then she scrambles through the bushes. Scramble through the bushes. Ah, bees, bees, bees. There are bees in the bushes. Oh, no. Then she sprints through town. Come on, let's get your game face on. We're sprinting now, sprinting. Ow, cramp, 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 I've got to hop. Oh, cramp, cramp. Okay, and then she makes it, she goes up the stairs. And through the door, she finds Peter and John. Let's see, what does it say? What does it say? It says, this is realistic now, so it's not fake panting. They have taken the Lord's body from the tomb, and we don't know where he is now. Give yourselves a round of applause. Well done, you acted that out beautifully. Okay, if you want to sit down, let's read on with our story. So Peter and John ran to the tomb. Okay, I've always wondered, what was it like for John and Peter running to the tomb? Let's get ourselves in their mindset. If you just jump to your feet. That's it, jump to your feet. Okay, are you ready? You know what to do. They're going back the way Mary's just come. So, they're running. They open the door of the house. They're down the stairs. Bum, 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 bum. Very good. And then they sprint through the streets. Game faces. Come on, everyone. Okay. And then they scramble through the bushes. Through the bushes. Ah, bees! Why didn't Mary warn us about the bees? There are bees everywhere. Okay, then we're running. We're running. Oh, we jump over the stream. One, two, three, jump. Oh, and we go. We're running. When you scrouch through the mud. Some of you are using this as an opportunity to hide some things. That's okay, we're running. Okay, oh quick, Pharisee, hide, hide everyone, hide, hide. It's a Pharisee. He's gone, we're running. Okay, and then I'll sneak past the donkey. Shh, sneaky sleeping. Shh, okay, very good, we're very good. Okay, and then we're through the field. Ah, cramp, ah, cramp, cramp, I threw the gate. And we're there, we made it to the tomb. Well done. Well, if we are, you can sit down. Oh, 
Now, if we look at the Hebrew here, when it says that they arrived, a certain inflection implies that John realized he'd forgot to put the cat out. So he went, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. We're not going to run back again. And, oh, that could go on all morning, couldn't it? Whew. Oh, if anyone sees me later and I'm like, high five, and I high five you like this. You know why? I'm getting rather warm up here. Whew. John didn't forget to put the cat out. He arrived, and he was running with Peter, remember? Does anyone remember who got there first? John got there first. But what did he do? Let's, let's read on. It says, John arrived first. He stooped down, and he looked into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, but no body. However, he didn't enter the tomb. That's really important. He didn't enter the tomb. When Peter arrived, he went in and saw the strips. He just went in. Now, that's classic Peter, right? If Peter had a theme song, I think it would be, I came in like a wrecking ball. Like, that's, that's Peter, right? He's just like, let's just go for it. He's just nothing stopping him, nothing holding him back. He just dives right in. And it says that he saw lying there the burial cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, folded neatly by itself, separate from the strips of linen. Then John also entered the tomb. He saw and believed. Now, this is really, really important. Now, we need to see something here. Peter and John running to the tomb together, John arriving first. Now, they had every reason to run, right? Jesus was their best friend and their teacher. The idea that something's happened to him, maybe he's alive, that's going to make you run, right? If, if you heard that, that a friend of yours is back from the dead or was just missing, you'd run. They were probably, as they were running, full of questions. There was excitement, certainly. What could this mean? What if he's alive? What, would, what could this be true? Maybe there was a bit of fear. What if somebody took his body? What if someone broke in and, and stole it? What would that mean? There was certainly maybe a bit of confusion in their minds while they were running. What's happening? I have to know. Maybe there was doubt. No, it can't be true. But one thing's for sure. Where everything seemed to have ended, it would have been the end of the story. But there was suddenly something happening again. There was suddenly hope. So let's have a look and see what happened. What was the difference for John? He looked into the tomb and he saw everything that was inside. But it wasn't until he stepped in that he believed. Now, have I ever told you guys the story about when I made it on the front page of a national newspaper in New Zealand? Have I told you this story? Oh, it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. So I've got a lot of family that live in New Zealand. And in 2001, I went to visit uh, Uncle Auntie and that kind of thing. I live in Christchurch, New Zealand. Beautiful place and wonderful skiing. Anyone love, ever been skiing? I love skiing. It's fantastic. If you ever get the opportunity, love it. So much fun. My wife, not so much, but me, love it. And so we went skiing at this amazing resort called Mount Hut that they lived about three hours from. So we drove up there for the day and we went in and it was a beautiful sunny day and it was actually snowboarding that day. Strap the snowboard on, go out for a couple of runs. We're not there for very long when suddenly all of the staff start saying, okay, everyone, back to the lodge. You've got to come in. You've got to come in. And what happened was a freak storm had suddenly changed direction and blown in. And they were concerned that these, these hurricane winds were going to be blowing so hard. Here's a picture from the front page. You see, I'm not making this up. Can you see, if we get the picture, the next one, can you see, I made the front page. <laughs> you see that gray blob? Yep. Behind that is me. 
So made the front page of a national newspaper in New Zealand. Famous. And, um, and so this is my claim to fame. And so we were all back in the lodge, about 500 people all crammed in this lodge. They gave us hot chocolate. And it was kind of a bit exciting at first. But after four or five hours, it started to get a bit boring. And we were, we were been told we might have to stay here the night because this storm was so bad. It was hurricane force winds, 95 mile an hour winds. And they said these winds are so strong, they could literally blow you off the mountain. So you mustn't go outside. And of course, I thought, I've got to experience that. So we were told, don't go outside. You look outside, it was just like white out. You could see a couple of meters with the, the kind of the overhang of the lodge, and then it was just nothing. And you just heard this powerful wind and bits of ice shattering its windows and things, and these big, thick, windproof, snowproof storm doors. And, uh, and there was a power cut, and so you could just push them open, it turned out. So um, I pushed open the doors and thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. 95 mile an hour winds. You've got to feel that on your face, right? That's going to be refreshing. So I walked outside. And there was a bit of like a, the edge of the lodge here as a bit of a windbreak. So I was like, this isn't that bad. It's cold and it's you know, windy, but it's not that bad. And I stepped past the end of the building, and it was just like being punched in the face with an icy fist. It pushed me over, and I was stumbling. Thankfully, I wasn't on a slope. If I was on a slope, I would have decked and slid down the slope and shot off the end of somewhere. And now I was like, right. Now I understand why they told us to come back to the lodge and don't go outside. But I tell you, it's that point being hit in the face with this icy blast, that I believed. They had told me this is what would happen. I had seen the effects of it. I'd seen the wind blowing. I could hear the wind. But I knew it here. I didn't know it here. And I was kind of like, yeah, blow somebody off the edge of the cliff. Nah, I wouldn't, you know, like, look at, look at this stance. I'm never getting taken out by measly wind. When I felt it, that was when my perception changed. I knew, I believed, yeah, this is real. This is, in this case, is dangerous. And I think the same was true of John. He came to the tomb and he looked inside and he saw what had happened. And I'm wondering what's going through his mind right now. Maybe he's rationalizing. Maybe he's thinking, okay, well, I can see the linen. So no one could have broken in and stolen the body because the linen, the grave clothes, are the expensive bit, and they've left those. So kind of, his body can't have been stolen. And he's going through all these things in his head. Maybe he's starting to think, well, what if it's just a hoax? What, what, if, what if Pontius Pilate has taken the body or something like that? And, and, and it's just, none of this is true. Maybe there's doubt. Maybe he's thinking, what if it is true? What if Jesus really has been raised from the dead? Maybe, I don't know if that was me, maybe I'm thinking, he's not just a teacher, he truly is God. I could lie my head against Jesus' chest, but I'm acceptable to God? Maybe suddenly he's aware of his sin. Maybe he realized, if this is God's tomb, not just a man, maybe this is too holy for me, maybe I can't, can't, I can't go in. Maybe there was some shame there. Wow, he's God Oh, he really does know everything about me. That means he knows about that thing. Oh, no. We don't know. It doesn't say what was going through his head. But we do know that it was important enough, this distinction between looking in and going in, that John, who wrote this book, decided to incorporate it. This is important. We need to see this is important. So he sees through. And he's got all these reasons for maybe not going in. Peter, love it. Like a ragamore. He just goes right in there. And then when John comes in, he sees exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Nothing is different. And yet this time, he believes. What's changed? Yeah. 
Yeah, Jesus had actually risen from the dead. And that was the point where it became real for him. He suddenly, it clicked. He got it. This is true. And I want us to realize what this means. What this means. Let's contextualize this a little bit. If Jesus really had risen from the dead, it was all true. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He was God himself come to set us free. That means that what he said about our sin and it needing being dealt with, that was true. I don't know how you think about sin. Has anyone, anyone, any real grown up young saints here? No, you're all going to know this. What don't you stick in an electrical socket? Yes. Your finger, why? You might get an electric shock, yeah. It would really hurt you. It could actually, it could even kill you. Now, is it because electricity is evil? No, electricity is not evil, is it? Why does it happen? Because we have resistance in our bodies, and electricity is so powerful that it would kill us if our bodies full of resistance met electricity's power. In a similar way, sin in us is like a resistance to God's perfect holiness. Now, I don't know about you, but if we're really honest with ourselves, if I know, if I met a perfect, holy God of pure, powerful purity, and I, was, and I touched him, I think that would give me a bit of a shock. I think that probably would kill me because I know there is resistance to perfect, powerful, pure holiness in me. But God didn't want that distance. So in Jesus, he said, do you know what? I am going to come and make it and take all that resistance, all that sin out of your body. But the way that that has to happen, you have to die. You have to so that you can become something new where there is no more resistance. You have to become like God. You're never going to manage that on your own. So let me do it for you. I will die in your place. I will make you like me, sinless, and I will become like you, full of your sin. I will touch the Holy One. And I will die in your place so that you can go and experience this perfect, holy, pure power for yourself without the death part. And so John is reeling from this. It's also this understanding that Jesus has conquered death. That means sickness is done. If he can conquer death, he can certainly deal with sickness, right? Amen? If he can deal with sickness, he can deal with every problem. He can deal with it all. What's easier to say, get up and walk or your sins are forgiven? He can forgive sins. He can heal. He can make new. He can bring life. But also it means he's Lord. He's God. And maybe John is stood outside and thinking, if he really has risen. I mean, yeah, I'm his disciple. Yeah, I was going to follow him for a few years. Maybe I was going to become a rabbi myself one day and have some followers of myself. I don't know. But he's God. He really is God. What's this going to mean for the world? What's this mean for me? I need to leave everything. Everything. I need to follow him. Everything he said and taught, I need to remember it and make sure I'm living it. Because he here is God. God himself in Jesus. And so maybe, if, if you were like me, maybe, would you be like Peter? And you run and you're like, Jesus is alive. And you just dive in both feet. Or maybe we might be like John and we come and we stand outside for a moment and we hesitate. And we think, I just need to understand this for a minute. But what happened with John? He couldn't. He couldn't rationalize it. He couldn't get around his doubt. He couldn't get over his fear. He couldn't understand what was going on. He had to choose to step in to what Jesus had done. And then belief 
came. There's a, a fantastic quote by St. Augustine that says this. Faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward for this faith is to see what you believe. Sometimes like me, you can't just think about it or hear about it. You need to step outside and feel the wind on your face. There comes a point for all of us where Jesus is inviting us, say, come into this life. Come into the empty tomb. Come and see what I have done. You're not going to know it from outside. You're not going to understand it by just learning about it, listening to it. There needs to come a point where you experience it. And that only happens when you just say, yes. Now, our kind of verse for the day, I start off the service this morning was, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'd like to believe that. Wouldn't that be amazing if I could believe that? But I don't know how to make myself believe that. Faith and belief in the Bible are actually the same word. They come from the same place. And faith, it says in the Bible, is actually a gift from God. Being able to believe, isn't this amazing, right? Jesus says, all you need to do to have my eternal life is to believe. But you can't even do that on your own. So let me give you belief. Let me give you faith as a gift. All we say is, thank you. Yes. If I gave you that check for a million pounds as a, as a gift, and you had to sign on it to say, I'll take it, have you earned it if you signed for it? No. Have, have, you, have you worked for it by signing your name? No. I worked for it. I earned it, and I give it to you. It's a gift. All you're doing in signing is just saying, yes. So even faith is a gift from God. Can we say thank you to Jesus this morning? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that absolutely awesome? He's done it all. So this morning, if we've got any doubt of who Jesus is, of what he's done, if we've got any anxiety about it, what would it mean for me? If we've got any just rational questions, those are important. Then this morning, maybe like that stone covering the, the mouth of the tomb, it needs to be rolled aside and we just say, Jesus... I'm going to put all that aside. I'm just going to step in. And in doing so, I'll believe. And what was different for John from looking in and seeing and believing? It was when it became real for him. It was no longer something he was viewing from afar. It became his reality. Jesus has died. Now Jesus has died for me. Jesus has invited me to relationship with him, with me. This belief that happens in his heart. The Bible talks about Jesus coming and knocking at the doors of our hearts. And this picture of like that door has only got a handle on the inside, on our side. He's knocking, but he's not going to force his way in. He's knocking saying, hey, I want to come in. I want to come in and reveal myself to you. I want to have life with you. I want your sin, the worst you've ever done. I want to deal with that. I want to give you new life. I want to give you relationship with me. I want to give you hope and a future, a restoration and freedom. And he knocks on the door. And all we've got to do is open it, is just say yes. So we can do that this morning. It's an easy thing to do. He's made it so easy for us. He's done all of the work. So do you want to stand up with me? And we can respond to Jesus this morning. And if this is you, maybe right now you feel like, okay, that sounds good. That sounds great even. But I'm stood just outside the tomb. 
This, in praying this, we are saying, Jesus, I'm stepping in. So what were those two things? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, let's start with our hearts. Let's just pray this morning. Come before God and say, whatever you want to say to him in your own words, just, Jesus, I want to believe. Jesus, it's like I can see into the tomb and I can see all that you've done in there, but I don't know if I can. Jesus, I decide right now I'm going to put all of that aside. Thank you that you have given me faith and I choose to trust what you have done. And I just say this morning, yes, Jesus, I choose to put my faith in you. I choose to believe in what you've done. I choose to believe that you died for me on the cross and were raised to new life. In our heart, we say, Jesus, I choose to trust you. And the next part that comes is the mouth part, the out loud part. And this, you could do this quietly, or you could do this really loudly and boldly. It doesn't matter. But we say, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus, Lord, we shall be saved. We're just going to say, Jesus, you are my Lord. And if he's Lord, he's either Lord of all or not Lord at all, as Hudson Taylor would say. If he's Lord of all, then Jesus, that means everything you say about me. If you are king, you're in charge, then what you say about me is true. Jesus, you say I've sinned. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Thank you that you have cleansed me of it. You've made me new when I say yes to you. So Jesus, I say you are my Lord and I will follow you. You're in charge. I surrender. And if we've got any situations that we're struggling with, anything going on that we've been, like John, we've kept outside the tomb. We've been trying to deal with our, in our own strength. And maybe, maybe that is sickness. We're trying to work through sickness ourselves. Maybe it's financial. Maybe we're not trusting God with our finances. Maybe it's relational and relational breakdown and we're not trusting we're trying to fix it ourselves we're not trusting God we can say Jesus I'm coming into the tomb with these things and Jesus just as you stepped out of the tomb with no grave clothes on no hint of death following you I leave these things with you in the tomb I step out of them leaving them behind trusting you with them you will sort them out thank you Jesus I can trust you because you are Lord and I believe in the power of God that raised you from the dead Thank you, Jesus. You want to just do that right now? If there's any situation, just see yourself. Just, Jesus, I'm leaving this in the tomb. I trust you with it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, if we flick over to the end of, of John, chapter 20, John says this. This is the whole reason he wrote this book. You can take a seat for a moment if you like. What is recorded here in this book is to encourage you to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, God's son, and so enable you to receive the life that he came to give to those who believe in his name. If you want... Maybe we've not answered probably a lot of the questions this morning. Questions are important. But if we've taken that first step to say yes to Jesus, I want to give anyone who said yes to Jesus or doesn't have a Bible this morning, I want to give you a Bible so you can go away and read this book of John. It doesn't take very long. 
And as you read, faith will come into your heart. Faith will grow that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. And in reading this, in knowing what God has said through his word, faith will grow. And that relationship with him will deepen as we get to know him deeper. But if you have prayed that prayer this morning, you said, Jesus, you are Lord. I repent of my sin. I believe you raised you, that God raised you from the dead. What does the Bible say? You will be saved. Isn't that amazing? Can we say thank you, Jesus, this morning? You have saved me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Can I just ask, in a moment, I'm just going to ask you to all just, to, we're just going to pray together. But can I just ask, if there's anyone in the room, can we just close our eyes for a moment? If you did pray that prayer this morning and you said, Jesus, I'm leaving these situations in the tomb. Or Jesus, for the first time, I confess that you are Lord. You're my king. And I believe. You would just put your hand up in the air and just say, yeah, that was me. Oh, praise God. That is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is the most amazing. Thank you, Jesus. The most amazing decision we can, on the most amazing day we could ever make. If that was you, you put your hand up. Please come and have a conversation with me at the end so I can give you a Bible. We can pray together. We can celebrate together what Jesus is doing in you right now. Amazing. Praise God. Should we just stand up one more time and just give Jesus a great big thank you and a clap and a cheer. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I just want to give you all just a couple of minutes today, just with whoever you come with or as a family, if you've come on your own, come and pray with me. And let's just pray together and celebrate God and thank God this morning. We're going to pray his lordship over one another. We're just going to pray fresh faith being released. We're just going to pray encounters with God from a youngest upwards that will truly this day will be a very happy or blessed Easter. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.